One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today, a money grubbing company finds out the harsh truth. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, no, you don't understand. I really wouldn't do that if I were you. As I talked about the last time I posted here, I work in a union shop and I've been a shop steward for most of my 25 plus year career. In that time, I've seen some crap both figurative and literal, and every single time I've ever been unwary enough about how fate works to utter the words, now I've seen everything, the universe will inevitably hand me its beer and say, watch this. Stewards, despite the general perception of us, aren't there to defend employees who are accused of misconduct. We're there to defend the collective bargaining agreement. Meaning if you've well and truly screwed yourself and your future with the agency we both work for, my role is primarily helping you determine which of your options for leaving you're going to exercise. I've been at this rodeo for a long time, and management and I generally have a pretty good understanding of how those things are going to go. Enter Jackie. Jackie was one of those unbelievably toxic, peaked in high school cheerleader types with just enough understanding of what our employer does, how it's required to behave in federal guidelines, and what its obligations are when you utter certain mystical phrases like, I need an accommodation, or discrimination based on a protected class. To be clear, those things are not just law, but they're also morally right to be concerned about and so my employer actually bends over backwards and does backflips to be certain that they're going above and beyond the minimum. Jackie was not a minority in any sense. She was female, but in a workplace that's 80% female, that doesn't quite count. She may well have been disabled, but that was undiagnosed, I think, and I'm inclined to think her claims of it, much like most of the rest of the things she said, were complete fabrications. The point at which I got involved was at the tail end of over a year's worth of actions by Jackie, in which it rapidly became apparent that her manager was, in fact, an excellent candidate for canonization. I got referred to her when one of my other union friends contacted me and said, Hey, Jackie so-and-so just got put on administrative leave and it's total BS. Can you help? I get referrals like this a lot, both because I've been around forever and because I have a pretty good track record for ensuring the people accused of crap they actually haven't done get treated fairly. So nothing stuck out to me as odd. I contacted her and she had absolutely no idea why management would put her on admin leave without any warning and confiscate all of her agency issued devices, access and instruct her that she was not to have any contact at all with anyone she worked with during work hours. This immediately sent up a whole host of red flags. For one thing, I know the senior HR guy that's the HR analyst's boss who's involved, having been down the road of difficult situation but this is what we can do negotiation with him many, many times over the years. I don't always agree with him, but he's fair and usually we can come to some sort of middle ground. At any rate, he would never suspend someone out of the blue without a really, really good reason. She knows what she's done. She has to. So I gave her my usual spiel of things to do and things you should not do. Don't tell me or our employer things that aren't true, especially if you think it'll make you look bad if you don't. 
Don't talk to your coworkers. Don't talk to your friends about this. Particularly because you live in a town of under 2,000 people, everyone knows everything about everyone else. Do not talk with management or HR without me present, period. When they do start asking questions, keep answers simple, to the point, short, and do not give lengthy explanations. Tell them what they want to know and otherwise shut the freak up. I have been here and done this many times. I know this process very well. I can't tell you what they're going to do, but I can tell you what I think they're going to do, and I'm usually either right or pretty close to being right. I have been surprised. Nearly three weeks went by of radio silence from the agency, other than a bland sort of, we want to talk with Jackie about utilization of work assignments, tasks, and equipment, email that tells you almost nothing while still being literally true. Finally, it was go time for a meeting, and I did something I haven't done in a really long time. I physically drove to Jackie's worksite instead of attending virtually over an hour and a half each way. What the heck, the weather was nice. We met ahead of going in, and I asked her if she remembered the rules I gave her at the beginning. She said she did. I asked her if she'd been following them, and she said she'd been very careful too. Swell, in we go. During the meeting, it was almost immediately obvious to me from the questions they started asking that Jackie was in some serious, serious crap. Not like written warning or pay reduction. No, they were going for termination. And she was going to probably be very lucky if they decided not to refer it to the DA for criminal prosecution. An abbreviated summary of just the high points. Jackie had hundreds of confidential documents and electronic files in her personal possession, many of which fall squarely under HIPAA. She had emailed these out of the government system to one of the four or five personal email addresses she maintains. Her explanation for this was questionable. Jackie had logged overtime without permission. A lot. And on one memorable date, she was vacationing in Europe with her family at the time. She said she'd called in to attend a meeting but didn't have an answer why that meeting had apparently been 11 and a half hours long, and nobody remembered her attending by phone. Jackie had audio recordings of disabled and elderly people with whom she was working that she had taken without their consent or knowledge. A lot of them. Jackie's overall work product and system activity reliably showed that she was logging in at the start of her day from home and she worked some in the afternoon, but there were hours and hours of time when her computer was idle. She explained this as participating in union activity, which I knew was BS, because Jackie is not a steward. Jackie has no idea what the collective bargaining agreement actually says about much of anything beyond stewards can do whatever they want and management can't say crap, which is uninformed, shall we say? At any rate, steward activity must be recorded and time-coded as such. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Jackie's never attended steward training and so didn't know this. Apparently nobody ever told her that. There's more. There's so, so much more, but in the interests of brevity, I'll summarize the next four months of my dealing with this woman by pointing back to the cardinal rules I gave her and simply saying she broke every single one of them. A lot. When it finally got to the dismissal hearing that comes before the you're fired, get the freak out letter, she told me going in that she wanted to run things because she had some stuff she wanted to cover that she thought I probably wouldn't be A, comfortable doing, true, because it was irrelevant, B, didn't know much about, again, true, because she'd invented detail, story, and witnesses as participants, and C, she felt like I wasn't really on her side in this to begin with, not quite true, she was a member, so my job is representation here. I said, I really don't think that's a good idea. I've done a lot of these, you should let me handle it. She says, no, I know what I'm doing, and I talked with my attorney about this a lot. You can't stop me. I said, you're right, I can't, but this isn't going to go the way you think it will. She says, I know I'm right, they can't do this to me. I said, this isn't a good idea, but okay, it's your show. In we went and sat down. The senior HR guy I mentioned earlier was there, and he gave me a funny look when I sat back, laptop closed, and said nothing. Dismissal meetings are actually our meeting, and we get to run them from start to finish. They're there to listen. She started talking, and I have to give them credit, they took notes, listened to the things she said, and kept straight faces the entire time. It went exactly as I figured it would. Just the things they'd asked her about in the first of the several meetings I attended with Jackie had covered terminable offenses on at least four or five different subjects, independent of one another. At the end, when she finally wound down, they all turned to me, Jackie included, and asked if I had anything I wanted to cover or that I thought may have been missed. Nope, I said. I think she got everything covered already. I don't have anything to add. That afternoon, I got the union copy of her dismissal notice. Generally, they're open to at least discussing the option of the worker resigning and giving them a neutral reference going forward, but that wasn't in the cards. The last I'd heard of Jackie, the Department of Justice was involved with her and her husband, 
and I'm reasonably confident that it didn't go well for her either. I do know that she will never work for the government again, as the letter was pretty explicit about what information they would release to any government agency asking for a reference. So it goes, they follow the collective bargaining agreement, terminating her with ample just cause. Jackie was basically in a plane that was going down, and their only best option was going to be try to cling to OP and the parachute OP has with them, and Jackie basically said screw that, whipped the door open herself and jumped out without one. Our next story is, just click a button. My freshman year of college, I had a geography class in the largest lecture hall at the university with around 500 students. The professor made every single student buy these stupid RF remotes with only 4 buttons. A, B, C, and D. It was nearly $100, and every student registered their own device to themselves online, so the professor could see who was clicking whatever answer. Attendance was mandatory and was 50% of our total grade. Starting with the third absence, an entire letter grade would be deducted for each time you were gone. Every day when we came to class, there was a multiple choice question on the projector. It made no difference if you chose the correct answer or not, You just had to click on any button to register you were present to get the points. The screen displayed the total number of responses. It gets better. The professor would then play the video tutorials he had already assigned as homework to make up the bulk of his lectures. There was no reason to be in attendance, unless it was an exam day as long as you did the assigned readings and homework. Cue malicious compliance for the entire class. Pretty quickly, the size of the class physically present starts to shrink. Despite the fact that maybe only 200 students are present, somehow the total clicks still equal close to 500 by the end of week two. By week three, there's maybe 25 students in attendance, but still 500 clicks. And book bags full of other students' clickers. Attendance became optional after midterms. I mean, hey, throw me a couple bucks per class per clicker. And honestly, it becomes very profitable to be one of those 25. You know, you get 20, 40 bucks every single day you go to class. Shoot. Our next story is, only do what you ask me to? Alright. So, I struggle with remembering to do my chores because of my ADHD, and this frustrates my dad to no end. I've been working on ways to remember, setting reminders on my phone works best currently, but I still forget sometimes. The chore I forget that angers him the most is the litter box, which is understandable since it can get smelly if not done every day. One day he came into my room and asked me if I'd done the litter box. It was 6pm and I'd intended to do it after I was finished eating, and of course I said no. He leaves clearly annoyed and then comes back guilt tripping me because he had to do the litter box that I was going to do and never once asked him to do for me. He then says, from now on you have no long term chores, you simply do what I tell you to do the moment I ask you to. For about a week, he told me every day to do the litter box, which I did. Well, one time he forgot to tell me, and I happened to miss the reminder on my phone. The next day he's texting me while I'm at school, mad that I didn't clean the litter box. That's when I bring up that he didn't tell me to clean it, and reminded him that he said I didn't have any chores unless he told me. He wasn't happy with that response. A few days later, my room started to get a little messy, but not too bad. He texted me while I was at a friend's house that he shouldn't have let me go to their house because of the condition of my room. I once again reminded him that he didn't tell me to do anything about it, 
and that he willingly drove me to said friend's house. The final straw for him was when he left me with my seven-year-old brother and expected me to clean up all his messes. When he got home, my brother had left his Legos on the kitchen table, he'd left his dirty towel on the bathroom floor, and left his food out on the counter. I was expected to clean it up for him, even though he's old enough to do all of this himself. After once again pointing out the rule he made, safe to say that he revoked that rule, and I once again have my daily chores and expectations back. This next story is, you cannot claim for toll bridge tickets. Manager going through expenses hauls us in and tells all the engineers that they're not allowed to claim for using the toll bridge. He also puts an embargo on any overtime that's not arranged with him beforehand. So, we do exactly as manager wants. We don't use the toll bridge, saving the company 80 pence a day. Instead, we use the long way around with an extra 30 miles and leave 45 minutes earlier in order to make sure we don't claim on overtime. So, complete compliance to the order was guaranteed. Five techs continued that tradition for years. Did they really not factor in that using the toll bridge was for a reason? Did they not look at the route and recognize that if you don't use that toll bridge, they're going to have some serious mileage expenses or whatever? What probably happened here is they were expecting you to use the toll bridge and just pay for it yourself, right? Well, screw that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.